Welcome to Ask the Preacher with Pastor Wayne Freed. I was out of jail on bond, facing over 100 years in prison, reaching for a gun to blow my brains out when God stopped me with a vision. I know what it is to be down and out. I know what it is to be up, and up is better. I told the Lord I was going to find out if the Bible was really true, and let me tell you, friend, that it is. The Bible is really true. Ask the Preacher, designed so that you can have your questions answered according to what the Bible says. Well, hello, this is Wayne Freed with Ask the Preacher. Now, I want to talk to you about a number of different things, but we have a, a call coming in uh, in a few minutes, and then we're going to have that call come back towards the close of the message that I hear. Um, that's from the Tent of Miracles. If you, you probably have heard about it. They're doing a lot of advertisement, and the tent is packed out. Matter of fact, I talked to somebody about an hour and a half ago, they said people are, are lining up to, to, do, to get ready for the service, and I want you to know you ought to go. I mean, it's a last night. Uh, they, they started Easter Sunday night, and, uh, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And th- I want you to know I was there Tuesday. I didn't come Sunday and Monday. I had family things on Sunday. But then on, on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and Thursday night, they had so many people saved Last night, there was something like 300-plus people saved. The night before that, 220. And the night before that, 187. It's just growing. I went backwards, but, I mean, you know, it's growing. And uh, miracles, one lady that that had taken some kind of uh, uh, medicine for her eyes, the eye, her left eye went blind, and she could not see anything out of it. And they prayed for her, and she received her healing. So, I mean, there's all kinds of miracles. There's wheelchairs and crutches and just all kinds of things uh, taking place there. The miracle-working power of God. And it's just been a long time, really, since I've been involved in tent ministry. Um, Some of you might remember Leroy Jenkins. My goodness, he had a lot of miracles. There's a lot of questions about him. But he had miracles, and people were saved and healed and set free. Uh, Or Roberts had one of the biggest tents. Jack Coe, uh, I'm just trying to think of some of the ones. David Wine, he ministered uh, in the tent ministry for a long time. Um, R.W. Shambach, A.A. Allen. Uh, so if you, if you, maybe you remember some of those names and, and some of the miracles, oh, my goodness, I could tell you some. Some of the greatest miracles I've ever heard of happened in the, under the tent ministry. And so tonight, uh, when, when my son calls, uh, in just a few minutes, he'll be giving you all this. I probably shouldn't have gone into all that because he's going to tell you again. But uh, it's located, um, if you came down off the Interstate 4 headed south and you came down Kathleen Road until you got to George Jenkins Boulevard and turned right, it would be right there at the new Bonita Springs Park. You'll see this huge tent over on the left-hand side of the road where the train station used to be many years ago. Anyway, that's how you get there. And uh, just south of the RP Funding Center. So I want to talk to you about something that I think is very, very important. Matter of fact, I'm writing a book on it because I think people need to know. Did you know that Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law? If, if, if you were to go to a pawn shop and pawn something, and uh, then you came back and you redeemed it, you, that means you got it back. Jesus redeemed us. From the curse of the law 
we were under the curse of the law. Galatians 3.13 says that. Now, Galatians 3.10 uh, talks about being under the curse of the law, but if I, if I go back too far, uh, I'll never get through the things I want to say. The curse of the law is threefold. It's poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Now, you'll find that in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28. You'll find it in Leviticus 26. Uh, I'd like to stay with Deuteronomy 28 because I know that chapter so much better. Uh, But the first 14 verses talk about prosperity and how God will bless them if they will walk in his statutes. If they'll have a relationship with God, he will bless them. And I mean, I think it's it's, it's verse 8, Deuteronomy 28, 8, that says he will command. Listen to that. He will command the blessing in your storehouse. Do you have a storehouse? Do you have a savings account? You know, I remember uh, our church, Believers Fellowship, our, our, our main scripture is committing unto the faithful who will be able to teach others also, 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. So we are always training people for ministry. And uh, we had a young man. He'd gotten saved uh, by uh, seeing us out on the streets with our children's ministry. He was a little older than most of the children we were ministering to, but he lived there in that neighborhood, and he came out to get some free cookies and got saved. Oh, man. He'll be at the tent of ministry tonight. But, uh, and, and that is not put on by Believer's Fellowship. We're just helping out. That's all. But um, this fella, he's in the church. You know, he's preaching and doing things. And so one day I went up to him, and, and I, I had a $20 bill in my hand, and I wanted him to see it. So I walked up with it kind of blowing in the wind, you know, <laughs> and I acted like I was going to give it to him. He almost reached out his hand to take it when I pulled it back a little bit, and I said to him, I said, uh, I, want you, I wanted to give you this to put in your clothes account because I've been preaching some about that, you know, have an account for this, have an account for that. God will bring it in. And so uh, I said, I, want you to, I wanted to give you something to put in your clothes account. And uh, I said, you do have a clothes account, don't you? And he said, um, um. Um, well, n- n- no, and I, I put the $20 bill back in my pocket, and now you could see the look on his face, because he didn't get that $20 bill now, and he, he said, oh, but, but, but I'm going to start one. Oh, I said, okay, here, put this in it. Folks, you got to have a storehouse. You have to have a bank account. You have to learn how to handle money. After you pay your tithes, and you give your offerings, and you support missions, and you give alms to the poor, you say, well, I wouldn't have anything left. Well, you just think you wouldn't. But the Bible says, give, and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, checking together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure you meet with all, it will be measured to you again. That's Luke 6, Luke, Luke 638. Uh, the Bible's full of places like that. Did you know Psalm 3527 says that the Lord... Um, is pleased with the prosperity of his servants. It pleases God to bless you. Did you know that Acts 20, 35 says it's more blessed? This is a quote from Jesus himself, and it says it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's more fun, if I might say it that way, giving than getting. And so uh, God wants to bless you. He told Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and uh, right in the beginning of that, verses 1 and 2, I think, and, and in chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, he said, he told Abraham, he said, I will bless you and make you a blessing. 
I want to tell you, it's nice to have things. It's nice to have all your bills paid. You know, the, the, Brother Hagin gave a great definition of prosperity. He said, rich is more than enough, poor is less than enough. God wants you to be rich. Well, and we're going to take a break here in a couple of minutes, but I want to, I want to tell you this, and I can come back to it, but I want to be sure I get it in. Jesus, if you read uh, Galatians 3.13 and 14, it says, He became a curse for us. He did that for us. Now, we need to know what he delivered us from because he paid such a high price, like the stripes on his back. But the first thing I want you to know is Jesus became sin for us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that. He became sin so we could become righteous. Secondly, I want you to know that Jesus became sick. He became sick so we could be well. And I'll give you three major scriptures on that. Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, Matthew 8, 17, and 1 Peter 2, 24. Sorry, I don't have time to read them, but right now I don't. The third thing is that Jesus became poor. You say, well, I don't, I don't know about that. I thought he always was poor. No, no, he wasn't always poor. He became poor. It says, and we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that ye might be rich. All right, you're listening to Ask the Preacher. Uh, the number of the studio is Eric Hill at 863-682-1430, and we'll be right back right after these words. You're listening to Ask the Preacher, a question-and-answer talk show with Pastor Wayne Freed of Believer's Fellowship Word of Faith Church. Well, hello, this is Wayne Freed with Believer's Fellowship, and we have my son, Jonathan, on the line. Don't we, John? <laughs> yes, I, I am here. I am standing outside the tent. Hey, say hi to me, everybody! So there's been uh, people that have been waiting to get in since uh, about about four o'clock, three thirty. I think one person got here. Anyway, waiting to get in for the for the last night of the Tent of Miracles um, down here on George Jenkins Boulevard, just west, just barely west of the entrance to the New Bonnet Springs Park. So I would say right now there's uh, seventy five people or so waiting in line, but by seven o'clock. There'll be a thousand people or more in the in the tent. It's been an exciting week of uh, amazing things happening. Well, I'm kind of hanging back here, so you could take a take your. Freedom. Well, I, I just got the chance to to walk out here, and I was I'm wanting to find somebody in the crowd that can just testify uh, for what's what's going on. So uh, let's let's ask this gentleman here. This is a little scary. Just come up to somebody cold and. And say, uh, so in introduce yourself. To, so we got the people in Lakeland listening live on the radio right okay. now. So introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about what's been going on so far in the meetings. Uh, my name's Craig Savage. I'm out of Ruskin, Florida. Out from Ruskin. Yeah. Right. And uh, it's been miraculous. Uh, Tuesday night, I could feel the Holy Spirit coming through me. Electricity, just amazing. And I was just pushing in with the Holy Spirit and... I received healing from neuropathy, lupus, fibromyalgia. Wow. Couldn't couldn't even pick up a, a cup that, that day Were you on the way. the guy ride. that, that picked, yeah. up picked up the chair above your chair. head? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I couldn't even couldn't move my hand okay, uh, so on the way. Okay, so that's your right, right so your right shoulder was replaced? No, my wrist. Yeah, okay. yeah, my wrist was uh, psoriatic arthritis. 
and I couldn't even pick up a drink. And, and, uh, I was holding it in my hip trying to drive here. And then, uh, he just laid hands on me at the time I was praying and, and, uh, well, I see it all happened. Moving that hand. Oh yeah. And fine. Moving your arm all totally around. Fine. Fine yeah. Right now yeah. Talking. Yeah. God, God's here. And he's helped. He's blessing folks. So what, yeah. what have you thought so far about, uh, the other things that you've seen, you know, things that don't necessarily. Oh, it's a blessing. Yourself, but... Oh, it's yes. Love a hundred percent love. God, God is is loving on His people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been been incredible. Um, yeah. So the last night here tonight, yeah. and um, unless they make an announcement of extension, which I'm kind of <laughs> hopeful for. You yeah, know, that wouldn't bother me any. Wouldn't bother you. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Well, well, Dad, uh, take it for just a minute here. Let me see if I can find somebody else. I'm going to mute my phone and and just uh, hunt for somebody else who's willing to come live on the air. Okay, I had mentioned to you, uh, folks about the tent ministries of some of the great men uh, in times past. And this is your opportunity. If you've never experienced a Holy Ghost camp meeting style ministry in, in, a, in a gospel tent, actually this was, a, uh, I believe, a circus tent. It's a, quite, a, quite a beautiful tent. It's really nice and got a high dome on it and they got some air conditioning being pumped in there. And uh, it's, just, it's just real nice. So you ought to come and experience it. You know, some things are better caught than taught. And um, you, you, can, you can tell your kids about a lot of stuff, but when they go into a place like that and they see for themselves these people, uh, some of them are so emaciated. I know the other night, uh, Ankit is the, the minister there. He was uh, calling for people who, who had uh, terminal diseases and things, and that that were just a death blow to them, and when they came, they were just so emaciated. It just touched my heart to watch them walk up there, and he prayed yeah. for people, and then they'd fall out on the ground, and and people couldn't get by because they fell out on the ground. So they'd ushers have to drag them away. And the next one, they'd, they'd fall out on the ground, and they'd have to drown. I'm telling you, folks, there's signs and wonders here. This is not something you want to pass up. Bring your children. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, Dad, I, I've got a, uh, a young lady here in front of me, and so from my understanding, now they'll correct me on the story here, but um, right now, presently, there is a wheelchair up on the stage. It's been there for about three days now. And uh, so we have found the person that, that, that used to need that wheelchair and now no longer needs it. So uh, what's your name? Ophelia Shiver. Ophelia. So there's a train going by right now, and so it might be a little loud. I hope you guys can hear us okay. Yeah, I can't Ophelia, hear the train. You can hear the train? No, I cannot. You're, you're clear oh. as a bell. Okay, great, great. So, Ophelia, tell us uh, what, what happened to you. Well, I arrived in a wheelchair because I have had lower back pain and arthritis in my right hip for months and months and months, years. And uh, after Tuesday, I got prayed for. My wheelchair said bye-bye, and that was <laughs> it. I have... And yeah, and to this day, I have no back pain, wow. no arthritis in my hip. Now, and my eyes are clear. So you had trouble with your eyes as well. Yes, I could not even. It was so cloudy, I could not even see. And now, once my little floaters move out of the way, which they're going to be gone tonight. Amen. Oh, uh, as soon as they leave, everything is crystal clear. So how how long uh, were you in that wheelchair? Oh gosh, three years. Three yep. years. About you three were years. in that wheelchair. And he prayed for my kidneys. I've yes, been on dialysis. You've been on dialysis for three years. I've been doing home dialysis. Her, her husband? Yes. 
Yes, and I've uh, done home Dallas Honor everything else. And since Tuesday night, actually, I didn't do Dallas Honor two days before we came Tuesday night. Haven't done it since. Uh, she's been able to sleep, no pain, waking her up every night. Hallelujah. Uh, we just did blood tests to give to our doctors to show that, that her kidneys are, are, are cleared and everything else. We're going to come in tonight. Hopefully, he'll he'll double whammy her to make sure they never come back. So they took care of all her. Plus, on me, he worked a miracle on me being her husband. Um, I suffer from Gulf War illness, and the symptoms, I got 12 symptoms of Gulf War illness. All those symptoms are gone. And one of the biggest problems I have is suffering from PTSD. And since t- Tuesday night, I've been calm. Don't feel like I have anything on my shoulders. I don't raise my voice. I'm a total different kind of person. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. Um, so let me let me clarify something because you said uh, he a couple times. So I just want to ask you the question. That's Jesus. Who's the healer? The healer's Jesus. Jesus is the healer. That's right. He's working right. through the pastor, but Jesus always heals. Amen. Amen. Wow, that's exciting. All right, so uh, a lady, Ophelia, you said your name was, in a wheelchair for three years, and now you walk from your car to your seat where you're waiting to get in line. I sure did. I could not stand any long. I could not take 10 steps. You used to not could take Uh, 10 steps. And now how far away did you park? From the (laughs) port-a-potties. From the (laughs) port-a-potties. So that's, uh, I don't know, 50 yards, 75 yards, something like that. No pain whatsoever. No pain whatsoever. Wow. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, Dad, um, I know uh, you got to hit a break at the bottom of the hour, so we'll uh, let you take it, and we'll call you back hopefully in about 15 minutes or so. Okay. Real good. Be blessed. Okay, folks. Well, you heard it right there uh, live on the scene. Nobody was prepared for that. There was no setup or anything. Uh, Jonathan said, uh, we're going to hit them cold. Um, it's a little scary because you don't know who you're going to talk to, whether they got anything or whether that's the first night or what it was. But that was real good. Got some great miracles there. Uh, person three years in a wheelchair on, on dialysis and everything and now healed. Um, and the husband with uh, the Gulf War syndrome and, and healed of that. And so I'll tell you, folks, you can have anything you want if you'll come to God in faith. Uh, I, I would like to share about eight things with you of why we preach on faith so much. But we need to take a break first. So Lord willing, when we come back, we'll start with that. I just want to, I'm going to be really, really fast. Eight reasons why we preach on faith so much. Why is it so important? And you're listening to Ask the preacher. The number of the studio is area code 863-682-1430. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher, a question and answer talk show with Pastor Wayne Freed of Believers Fellowship Word of Faith Church. Woo! Boy, it feels good to be back in the saddle, folks. I am Wayne Freed with Believers Fellowship, Word of Faith Church, right here in Lakeland, Florida, and you're listening to Ask the Preacher. And uh, listen, I told you just before we took the break that I wanted to talk to you just for a minute about faith. It's a very important subject, and people are always asking, well, why do you talk about faith so much? Well, I'm going to give you eight reasons real quickly. Okay, number one, you can't get saved without faith. Ephesians 2.8 says, by grace are you saved through faith. And then the second point is you can't live for God without it because Romans 1.17 says, the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2.4, uh, Galatians 
338, uh, Hebrews 1038, and Romans 117. I think I'll say that. Uh, I might have missed one. I don't know. Anyway, number three. You can't walk the Christian walk without faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, and that would mean this, the senses, seeing, hearing, touch, taste, or smell. It doesn't matter. Romans 3, 3, and 4 says, uh, what if some did not believe? Does their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Uh, yay. Uh, um, <laughs> how'd that go? Uh, yea, let God be true, and every man a liar, that thou mayest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Let God be true and every man a liar. So it doesn't matter what you see here, touch, taste, or smell. I got a little, little song I sing sometimes that says, uh, uh, God is working mightily in me. I say it. I, really, I don't sing it that way. I sing, the word is working mightily in me. The word is working mightily in me. No matter what I feel or <laughs> Oh, isn't this terrible? I'm just not a singer, am I? No matter what I think or feel... Na, 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 na. The word is working mightily in me. I'm sorry about that. Okay, number four, you can't fight. Now, remember, three was you can't walk the Christian walk without it. Number four, you can't fight the Christian fight without it. Because 1 Timothy 6, 12 says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. And that's zoe. That's the Greek word for eternal life. It's translated abundant life, everlasting life, uh, and just plain life. Um, here you go, number five. You can't be an overcoming Christian without it because 1 John 5, 4 says, this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Number six, you can't, you, you, you can't be sanctified without it because Acts 26, 18 says that we're sanctified by faith. And then number seven, you can't please God without it. Now think about that, folks. Talk about faith being in, important you can't please God without faith. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, uh, He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Uh, I messed that up, didn't I? I am so sorry. And that's something. Hebrews, but without faith. There you go. It was the first part. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And number eight, you can't receive the grace of God without it because Romans 5, 2 says that we receive grace through faith. We have access into this grace. Uh, folks, faith comes by the word, Romans ten seventeen. You say, well, I, I, I just don't have a lot of faith. Well, all you're really telling me is you don't spend a lot of time in the word. Because that's how you get faith. You can fix that. You know, you know there's, um, there, there's several things I'd love to talk to you about. One of them is what faith is. People, a lot of people, they do not know what faith is. They think, well, let me tell you what I'm going to say before I say it, because that way if I get sidetracked, you'll have the whole thing. We, we need to know what faith is. We need to know how faith comes. And we need to know how faith works. We need to learn how to release our faith. But, you, you, you know, faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I'll, I'll give you a little example. Faith says, I have it now. 
Okay. Mark eleven twenty four says, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. And that word believe, receive is translated several times in the New Testament as take it. You reach out and take it. It's just like that. You reach out and take it. You believe you receive when you pray, and you shall have it. You have to believe you've got it before you get it. In other words, if you believe that God told you uh, to go to the mission field, let's say he told you uh, to go someplace, and, and, and well, you better go down and buy your ticket. Now, you need to be led by the Spirit. You've got to know where you're going. You need to know that you're in God's timing. But I'm simply saying if you really believe God told you and you really believe he said do it, then you pack your bags. You don't sit there waiting. You, you, you act on what you believe. If you believe you've received your healing, then you act on that. You step out on that. And so faith perceived, this is Hebrews 11.1 1 in the Amplified, by the way. It's the last part of that verse. Faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. That's seeing, hearing, touch, taste, and smell. The word is working mightily in me, no matter what I think or feel. Hmm. Okay, still hadn't got that yet. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Okay. Faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. You know, Brother Hagin, he, he, he was my mentor. He said, if you don't shout, now he's talking about studying the Bible. He's talking about letting the Spirit of God make it real to you. He said, if you don't shout, you didn't get it. You see, the Word, the gospel, the Word of God, is the power of God. It is the revelation of what God has already done. Christians need to stop asking God to do what he's already done and start thanking him for it and receive it. They're, they're not, so many times Christians are not believing that they've received. They're waiting on God to give it to them so they can see it, hear it, touch it, taste it, and smell it. But we receive these things by faith, not by feeling, not by sight, not seeing, hearing, touch, taste, and smell. If you've got to wait till the pain goes before you believe you're healed, you're not in faith and you're probably not even in hope. Hebrews 11.1 1 says faith is the substance. Faith has substance. Usually when I talk about this, if I'm on a, uh, behind a pulpit or something, um, I'll hit the, the pulpit with my hand and I'll say faith has substance. Hope has no substance. And then I'll come to the side of the pulpit and just hit the air. See, that's hope. Now, hope's a wonderful thing. Don't misunderstand me. I, I mean, I now about it these three, faith, hope, and charity, the last verse of the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians. But, uh, hope's a wonderful thing. But hope is like the blueprint, or hope is like the um, mold, okay? Hope is the picture, the vision of what you want. Uh, a lot of times— uh, you have to understand, when you pray for different people, you have to deal with them in a different way. If they don't know you and they don't trust you, and all, you, have to, you have to deal with it a little bit more gently. But when you can just tell somebody, you have to see yourself well or I can't pray for you. If you can't close your eyes and see yourself well, then it's too soon to pray. You're not ready. The scripture said, lay hands on no man suddenly. Don't pray so quick. Talk to people. Find out where their level of faith is. Can they believe for that miracle? Maybe they need to continue to... You know, Brother Hagen did that with his wife. She, she, she was going into the hospital for an operation, and she wanted him to pray for him. He said, honey, why don't you stay in these services morning and night till the end of the week because your, your appointment with the doctor isn't till the end of the week. So stay in the services and feed your faith, and then 
whatever level of faith you can operate on, I'll meet you there. He said, I can pray and believe God for the whole thing myself. But see, your faith won't always work with somebody else, for somebody else. So at the end of the week, she said, I can't believe God for the whole thing. I can't really say if you lay hands on me and pray that I'd put a $100 bill down. Or she didn't say that, but I like to use that illustration. Uh, put, put a $100 bill down and say, if I'm not healed, bless God, you can keep the $100. See, most people, they're not in faith. They're not really in hope. And so she said, if you'll pray for me, uh, I can believe that the operation will come out real good, that there'll be minimal pain, and uh, that there'll be no complications in all the people who work there in the hospital with the medicines and stuff. And, the, and so after the operation, uh, the doctor came in, and Brother Hagin was there, and he was talking to him at the foot of the bed with her. And he picked up the chart, and he said to the, late, to the nurse, what did you give this woman for pain? She said, oh, we didn't give her anything. She said she didn't need it. And he got mad. Doctor got mad and said, you give her a shot of blah, 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 whatever it was. And uh, he turned to Brother Hagin and said, now, uh, we cut her from stem to stern because of her age and her in, being in the hospital like that. With, with this, uh, There was a cancerous situation or something. He said it was too serious for us not to be sure that we got it all. And he said if another doctor had told me that she wasn't in pain like that and didn't take medication, he said I would have called him a liar to their face. She got exactly what she believed for. People try to believe for something they don't have faith for. How do you get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by meditation in the Word, like a cow chewing its cud. The first step of meditation is memorization. I could help so many people, but most of the time I say these things, I say it right to their face. Talk to them with a heart of love and know that they're not going to do it. It's not going to fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. you got to lay hold of it. And faith comes by meditation in the Word. Faith comes by revelation. And Lord willing, if we can, we'll talk more about this when we come back. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ask the Preacher a question-and-answer talk show with Pastor Wayne Freed of Believer's Fellowship Word of Faith Church. Welcome back. This is Wayne Freed, and we have my son Jonathan over at the Tent of Miracles. This is the last night, unless for some strange reason they changed that. But, uh, John, speak up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm inside the tent now. They have opened the doors, and uh, so people have come in and, and begun to get to see the people that get here early uh, end up being able to get some of the padded seats, which is which is really nice. So I am I am sitting next to a couple ladies here that uh, have have gotten here early enough. They're in the third row. This is amazing. So um, anyway, and uh, and a nice lady here is is willing to share some stuff. So uh, ma'am, tell us uh, about what you've experienced uh, this week. What what have you seen? What have you heard? Uh, what do you think about it? Oh, it's absolutely amazing. I've seen a lot of healing. Um, a lot of people walking to salvation, a lot of people um, just opening up, having joy and love filled with their hearts, and they just keep coming back for more. I've came a couple nights, and I'm seeing some of the same people, and I'm seeing a lot of new faces. It is, it is absolutely amazing. I just hope that this movement keeps on going. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Where are you from? Uh, Lakeland. You live here in Lakeland. All yes. Right. Awesome. And Lakeland definitely needs healing, just like everywhere else around the world. Yeah, somebody asked me. They actually were in Tallahassee, and they, they saw what was going on and contacted me the other day. Uh, I think it was Tuesday, actually. 
and they said, what do you think about what's going on? And, um, you know, I, I said, I've lived in this city all my life. I've lived here for 44 years, and it breaks my heart to see how broken and, and how sick and how impoverished much of our city is. Um, and, and then, but at the same time, so I said, there's two things. So that was number one, but I said, number two, oh, it just floods my heart with joy yeah. to see people come. They need a touch from God and God delivers. Yeah, he without shows a doubt. Up. Without a doubt. And, 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 um, even, um, the, some of the people that I've talked to, cause I've talked to a lot of people, um, the nights that I've come and they're coming from all over. It's just not Lakeland. One lady had drove two hours just to get wow, here. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing, and and I think there's a lot of people out there seeking. They're you know they're lost, and and they're coming here, and they're finding they're finding Christ. Yeah, um, you know, Dad, I, I think what you've been talking about is being redeemed yeah. from the curse, from poverty, from sickness, and yeah. from the second death. And uh, that, that, is that what you've been talking about today? Uh, that's how I started the show, and I've gotten on a number of different things, like uh, eight, <laughs> reasons, eight reasons why faith is so important, because all these things that God does by grace, we receive by faith. And most of the people who get healed under the tent, I'm just saying, I've been doing this a long time, but most of the people who get healed are baby Christians or people who've been taught wrong. They haven't been taught faith. They haven't been taught that yeah, God yeah. heals today and so forth. And so he's operating in the gifts. But when a person is more mature, God expects them to walk in the light or the knowledge that they already have. And so that's what I've yeah. been talking about. So then they, they have to walk by faith. The Scripture says that the just live by faith. The justified, the righteous, they live by faith. And it says we walk by faith and not by sight. And so, you know, it is true that a lot of people will come under the tent expecting, um, well, expecting miracles. We are all desiring to see miracles here. Um, but, but a lot of people just uh, want to treat God like a genie. Um, and, and he's gracious and he's kind and, and he delivers people and, uh, and, and he helps. But there is an expectation uh, for, for people to live for the Lord. Well, so, another you know, way... Another way of saying that is we walk by the word and not by the senses. And the people who get a miracle there, a miracle of healing or deliverance or whatever the case may be, if they don't know what the word says and be able to resist the devil, like Matthew 12, 43, 44, and 45 says, when the spirit comes back, if they don't know what belongs to them, they will believe that lie and say, well, I thought I was healed, but I guess I'm not. So we need to teach people how to keep your healing. That's right. That's, and that's why discipleship is so important, even after uh, events like this. Um, there's more than just over 1,100 people have responded to altar calls uh, here this week. And so, you know, those people need to get into a church. Uh, and so we certainly would invite them out to Believers Fellowship and be part of our congregation there. Um, but get discipled in the, in the Word of God and to hang on to, to your healing. Uh, to keep walking with God, and it's it's a it's an amazing it's an amazing adventure. Well, they've cranked up the music here, um, beginning things. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off and and let you finish the show. Thanks for giving us a chance to pop in. Yeah, save me a seat. Thanks. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I want to say to you out there in Radio Land, we we sometimes I have so many people that I know that don't go to church and most of the time they if they know i'm a preacher they don't want to tell me that because they know i believe in the church 
Jesus is the head of his body, the church. You know, everything he's doing in the world today, he's doing through his body, the church. And you say, well, I don't like church. Hey, look, there's good churches and bad ones, good preachers and bad ones, good policemen and bad ones, good doctors. and bad ones. Come on. It's everywhere. But you have to be discerning enough to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to a place, not that you just feel comfortable. Now, you should feel like you fit. But that doesn't mean that you, you, you're going to have to learn to accept correction. The, 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 the scriptures are given uh, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished to all good works. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. Um, you, you, ha- you need to be in church. When, when you first get back in church, you've been out of church for a while, and you say, well, I, I'm on the fence about it. Listen, it's like the old Florida sand the water gets on it runs off like a water off a duck's back but if you you just get saturated with it just keep coming it starts working in you and you'll get to where you'll find yourself shouting like the rest of them and you'll get back that first love want to encourage you come out to the tent come out to the tent of miracles google it if you have to and and you can get a map to take you right to it but it's on almost on the corner you go to down kathleen road and then go west on George Jenkins Boulevard, and you'll see the tent there on on the south side. God bless you. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Ask the Preacher.